Hello everybody and welcome to the Ask the Coach show, the show where we answer your table tennis questions. Today we're going to talk about the ITTF Star Awards, why professionals rarely count a hit, what to do when a player starts returning your serves aggressively, which foot to move first when moving to a wide ball, and what happens when a ball hits the net post and goes in. As always, I've got Super Coach Alois Rosario here to answer your questions. Welcome Alois. Morning, Jeff, and uh, Happy New Year to all you ping skillers. Hope it's going to be a great year for all of you. Yes, indeed. Happy New Year. 2015, are you used to writing that down on your forms, Alois? I uh, haven't had to yet, so I haven't oh, done much okay. for 2015. <laughs> <laughs> indeed. It's always tricky to get used to. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so, um, a while ago, Alois, we had the last ping skillers question of the day, which was, what is your table tennis goal for 2015? Yeah, it was really good to see uh, that a lot of the ping skillers um, put comments on there and they've got some really good um, sensible goals for the year, you know, to improve their rankings and um, to, you know, to master some strokes. So, so well done to those ping skillers and hope, hopefully you've all had a little bit of a think about um, where you want to get to this year with, uh, with your table tennis and hopefully we'll be able to help you uh, achieve some of those goals. Excellent. That sounds very good. So that moves us on to the Pink Skillers question of today, which is, what did you think of the results of the ITTF Star Awards? So as always, leave a comment. We'd love to hear your thoughts and we'll let you know what we think tomorrow. All right, now, Alois, there is a World Cup going on. Yeah, just uh, just finished, Jeff, and um, that was in Dubai. And uh, again, um, from what I saw, some really good presentation by the ITTF, which which is great to see, and yeah, you know, they're they're really trying to step that up, um, and uh, so that was alongside the ITTF Star Awards as well. So they they showcase both events. Um, so the World Cup um, results, imagine um, China won the men's and the women's, and you know again expected, um, but again good to see them back at the top. You know after the missing the um, the the World Tour Finals. Um, it's good to see China back on top and really do, uh, asserting their dominance in the sport. Uh, went through the whole tournament, men's and women's, without losing a match. So three 0 all the way. So um, that was as expected. But the finalists in both the men's and women's was a little bit unexpected. So in the men's, uh, the finalists were Austria. So Austria had a great tournament. So the, they beat uh, Germany in the quarterfinal. Um, now Germany, uh, not with uh, without Bol and Ovcharov, um, but still for Austria a fantastic win. And then in the semi-final they beat uh, the highly fancied Portugal three 0 as well. So um, so Austria will be going home very very pleased with their silver medal at the World uh, Team Cup. And in the women's another surprise, uh, the finalists were North Korea. So, you know, we've, we're used to seeing South Korea up there in the women's, but uh, North Korea making a return and uh, having a huge impact on the tournament, reaching the final of the women's um, women's teams there. So uh, just having a look at their results. So they beat Japan in the semi-final 3-0, and in the quarterfinal they beat Germany. So, so again, good results from uh, North Korea, but uh, China, again, way too strong, uh, winning the final 3-0. 
Yes, some very interesting results there. So if people want to check out some of those matches, Alois, what's the best way for them to watch those? Yes, there's ITTV on the ITTF.com website. So you can go to ITTF.com. There's a link there for ITTV. Um, and they've got uh, a lot of the, the past matches there, you know, from recent history there that you can go and have a look. And, and it's really worthwhile because you get to see the top players in the world um, playing and, you know, it's just a, just a free, free link that you can go to. Great. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes uh, where everybody can check out on our blog. So after the show, go to pingskills.com, click on the blog link, and you'll see the latest episode of this show, and I'll put all the notes there for you to check out. All right, Alois, well, let's move on to uh, the first question for 2015. And this one here is from Ilya. He says, during a, during a match... My opponent started to read the spin of my serves very well, and then he started to flick aggressively every short serve or even my short receive of his serve. As a result, I lost many points. What would a good player do? Yeah, so good question, Ilya, because um, if, if your short game isn't working, then you need to change something, which is great. You, you started to think about that. One thing that you need to think about, if you're playing the ball too short, so it's just sitting up over the net, and it's a little bit high, then it becomes easier for your opponent to make that flick. So in that situation, if you're finding it really difficult to keep the ball uh, low enough, it's sometimes good just to either dig the ball long, so push the ball deep. Um, that will firstly have um, push your opponent back away from the table at least, and also start to get them to think about, is he going to play short or is he going to play long? So they can't just sit there close to the net and be ready for that flick and, and um, execute the dynamic flick. The other thing is even just to push the ball a little bit longer. So don't just pop it just over the net. Push it just a little bit long, even if it's half long, so the second bounce is close to your opponent's end line. That can... Um, help as well because again they have to hit the ball from a little bit further away from the net to make that flick. Of course you want to just you know keep concentrating on keeping that ball as low as you can if you can um, and you know if you can put a little bit more backspin on the ball that will also help to stop them from making that flick but yeah just changing things up a little bit and it, sometimes it doesn't make that much of uh, or, or take that much of a difference to, um, to throw your opponent off uh, being you know really fantastic at flicking to suddenly missing a few and putting a few doubts in their mind. Mm, yeah, excellent tips there. So keep the ball lower, and we've got a a link to how to keep the ball low, which I'll put in the show. Um, so then you talked about the depth being slightly longer, Alois. What about the placement? Is it sometimes good to switch from their forehand or their backhand or into their middle? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, great point, Jeff. Because yeah, often someone will have a better forehand flick or a better backhand flick, and, you know, whereas they can even move around the table and do that. But just starting to spread the, the distribution of your pushing um, across the table a bit can just at least throw them off balance and, and start to make them move a bit too. Okay. All right. Well, hopefully those tips help you out, Ilya. Try them out next time and let us know if it helps you. Great question. All right. Next question, 
is uh, from Duke MC, who's asked a question online using the Q&A app. Thank you, Duke. We love these questions. And Duke says, I'm not confident if I play a backhand smash or a forehand smash, so I rarely play them. Is there a way to improve my confidence? Yeah, so confidence always comes from success of, of the stroke. So, so the first thing is to make sure you're practicing the stroke. Think about your technique um, first. That's what we really try to focus on. Um, go to the link on our website of the forehand smash, and there's also one of the backhand smash. Go to those links. Take a look at the technique that you need to employ, and then try to practice it as much as you can. And probably um, via multi-ball is, is the easiest way because you can just practice a lot of smashing in a very short amount of time. If you... Um, if you're relying on someone lobbing to you initially, you might only get one smash and they don't get it back, or you know you miss the smash. So, so multi-ball I find is really good for practicing your smashing uh, to start off with. And as I said, confidence, you know, that comes from that success and that achievement of the stroke as well. Yeah, very good point, Alois. Now, um, not that Duke necessarily has this, but a lot of people um, get confused, we find, between like a smash and a top spin. Do you just want to quickly talk about the difference there? Yeah, sure. So a forehand uh, top spin is usually played if the ball is below your shoulder level or around that level there. Um, and you're putting, you're brushing the ball on contact. So that is the top spin stroke. Um, if the ball is higher than that, then you're probably in the territory where you can start to think about making the smash. And the smash has a very flat contact on it. So the smash comes through nice and flat um, with your bat starting up high and coming forward and flat. The contact is flat. That's one of the, the critical things about the smash. The top spin has a brushing contact. And often we do hear uh, from players saying that I can't make my smash but what they're really talking about is the top spin. So um, if he, for you, Duke, um, maybe you've got that you've got that understanding, but yeah, for some of our other um, watchers, uh, that might, might be a good clarification as well. But yeah, for Duke, um, yep, so think about the technique of that smash, getting your bat up nice and high, hitting the ball flat, following through a bit more forward, uh, don't drag the ball down. And the other thing that we really find important with the smash is making sure you're getting yourself into position first. Use the time that ball is up in the air to move your feet into position. But you'll see all those tips on our forehand smash uh, lesson video as well. You will indeed. Thanks for the question, Duke MC. All right. Our next question is from Muhammad. And Muhammad says, I'm getting good with my forehand counter hit, but uh, do I wait till it becomes very consistent, then learn a loop, or do I switch between them? And when do I use a counter hit and a loop when playing? And am I right that professionals use loops only and never counter hits, Muhammad? Yeah. So, um, Muhammad, uh, the I think initially you can start to to learn with the the counter hit. You know, just to develop the control. I think that's important to start off with. But it it shouldn't be too long before you start to think about top spinning and looping because. Um, they're important strokes that you can start to incorporate pretty quickly into your game. So think about think about uh, the control first, but it sounds like you're probably at the level where you've got enough control um, to, 
to start to think about playing your, your top spin or your loop as well, or learning your top spin in your loop. And, and you are right, in a game situation at the top level, they very rarely play a counter hit stroke. Everything now is with a bit of top spin on it. So, um, you know, the, the stroke that they will play is the block. If the other person makes the top spin, they'll block the ball uh, to control it. Or if they've got an attacking opportunity, it'll be more uh, playing with the top spin because that's much safer and effective, much more, uh, yeah, much more effective stroke. Yeah, okay, so if the top players never use the counter hit, why do we even bother learning that stroke? Yeah, um, so it's, it's a good stroke for um, developing your control of the ball. So starting to understand the angle of, angles of your racket and learning to put that ball on the table a lot of time. So that's that's why we start with the counter hit because it's a really good control stroke. And it's a, and it's a base for where we can go to. So your counter hit um, is here. Your top spin isn't all that different. We're just extending the stroke and adding a bit more of a brushing contact. So, so that's why we learn the counter hit first. Okay, that makes a lot of sense, Alois. And thank you for the question, Muhammad. Hopefully that answers it nicely. All right. Now, um, Duke's asked us another question. He's jumped in again. Well done, Duke. He says, I'm 12 years old. I usually practice alone or with a friend. I'm at least at an advanced level. Should I try and get into a club as soon as possible? Uh, the short answer, Duke, yes. Okay, I think... Um, uh, Joining a club is one of the really important parts of your development. And Jeff, you might want to just share uh, your experience. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, going to a club is the best thing you can do. Um, when you're playing at home, you don't have a lot of interaction with different styles and different types of people. And as soon as you go to a club, you're opened up to a whole world of different players. So um, even though you say you're at an advanced level, and that's probably true for your current group of players or friends, when you go to a club, you'll be amazed at the wide level. So, yes, get to a club as soon as possible. All right, Alice, the next question is from George. And George says, hi, guys. During a point, I hit a shot that tipped the net, bounced on top of the plastic side piece holding the net, and spun back onto the table on the other side. I doubt I'll ever see that again, but in case I do, how would you rule that? Okay. So, George, um, the important thing is that it then hit the table on the other side. So the, the net and its supports are considered part of the net. So if it hits the net support, you know, at the top, um, or even where the clamp sits on the table, then that isn't considered as hitting the table. It has to then hit the wooden surface to be considered part of the table and to be in. So um, so that would be in because the ball did hit the table surface. If it had only hit the, the plastic support and then gone out, it wouldn't uh, have been counted as in. So, yep, so what you described, the ball was in because it hit the table. Yes, great question, George. And, yeah, that is not seen very often, I must admit. I think I may have seen it only once ever, too. So... Who knows, maybe you will say it again. At least you know the rule now. All right, moving on to a question from Bill. And Bill says, when moving to the left, should I start the move with my left or my right foot and does it make a difference? In the videos, it seems that a move to the left is started with the right foot 
and a move to the right is started to the left with the left foot. Yep. So um, yeah, Jeff, Jeff and I do have um, differences here. So um, and just the way that we've learned. So when we're doing the shuffle step, um, I tend to move with my leading leg first. So if I'm moving to my left, I go with my left first. Whereas Jeff tends to move with his right first, and it's only a small little balancing um, movement that we do. But at the top level or, or when Jeff or I are actually playing a match, what we're doing is we're actually moving with both legs. So we're jumping um, from, so if I want to move across that way, I'm jumping that way and jumping that way and, and so is Jeff. So um, initially it's good to learn that shuffle just to get the feel of the moving sideways, but then eventually at the, at the higher level, um, you'll see all the top players in the world um, are basically jumping um, sideways. Excellent, yeah. So hopefully that clears it up for you, Bill. So you can just learn the shuffle step. It's good to get the feel. And um, you'll find that as the ball goes wide, you'll just naturally start to jump um, with both feet. Excellent. Well, that wraps up uh, our first show for 2015. Thank you for watching. Make sure you go to pingskills.com, check out our website. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, if you click on the blog link, you can see all the past Ask the Coach show episodes and you can see all the show notes for this show. Um, make sure you sign up for our free newsletter there. If you haven't already, we give out lots of free weekly tips um, that will hopefully help you improve. And thank you for answering all those questions, Alloys. Yeah, thanks, Jeff, and, uh, and thanks, Ping Skillers, for tuning in again, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow morning. We will indeed. Catch you all tomorrow.